This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast for Wild Card Weekend. We begin the NFL's second season with a big, big weekend that is, I think, severely blemished by the NFL's greedy reach uh, and streaming a game and charging people to go to Peacock to buy a game. They, they uh, reportedly got $110 million from Peacock for the game, uh, and Peacock is trying to sign up customers. Uh, I think you can buy a monthly service for five ninety nine. dollars uh, that's the cheapest way you can get the game. I know there's ways people can get it, think they can get it on different ways that they can finagle a system. A lot of kids have different ways of doing it. I have no idea about that stuff. But, uh, you know, I wish you well trying to get the game. And I, I think it's a really bad touch uh, and a bad look for the NFL, which makes so much money. And it's had such a good year with television uh, to do that to its fans. People wait all year for NFL playoff games. They wait all all year for these wild card and divisional playoff weekends, which are great weekends. I mean, you got games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, you have six games spread over the three days. And in January, with the weather bad and you know the middle of winter, the bottom line is it's a great it's a great uh, form of entertainment, and it's just blemished by that. Okay, let's run through first. Let me update the. Uh, odds for you you know by now and you've probably heard it i heard it even before even before the schedule was set we heard that there was going to be bad weather in kansas city well the weather in kansas city is going to be unbelievable and that will be a major factor we'll get to that for that game has it changed the line a little bit not crazy but it has changed the line it hasn't really it's only moved the uh total one point and it'll probably move more tomorrow because people wait till the day of the game for this stuff. But uh, there's no question it is going to impact that game in a very big way. And let's say history in the postseason has not been good to warm weather teams going into cold weather sites and facing really bad weather. Um, the latest we have, the Browns and Texans will start it off. The Browns a two-point favorite. The Dolphins and Chiefs will play the Saturday night game in Kansas City, of course, and the Chiefs are now a four-and-a-half-point favorite and rising. The Steelers are 10-point underdogs as they open up the triple header on Sunday in Buffalo, where the weather's not going to be good either, but both those teams handle bad weather. The Packers and Cowboys will meet in the 4.30 slot on Sunday. Uh, that will The Cowboys are a seven-point favorite. And then the Rams and Lions will play the primetime game in Detroit, which should be a raucous setting. They've waited a long time for playoff game in Detroit. Uh, they will be – the fans there will be crazy, but the Rams uh, are well-coached and can handle that. Uh, the uh, Lions are a three-point favorite, as are the Eagles, who Monday night will take on uh, the Buccaneers 
a bad team playing a very good team that has become a bad team in the last six weeks. All right. One of the overviews before I get to the individual games is you look at the quarterbacks and where they are and where they've been. You have 12 quarterbacks playing this weekend. You have three that have won Super Bowls. You have two others that have played in Super Bowls and lost. You have four that have never played in a playoff game before. And then you have three who have had varying degrees of playoff experience. Mayfield a little, uh, Allen and Dak Prescott more, but they've never been to Super Bowls. Uh, They've had varied amount of success. Prescott's not had any real success in the postseason. So that's where we are. The four quarterbacks who have not played in the postseason are Tua and then the kids, Love, Stroud, um, and Mason Rudolph. Those are the four guys who have not played in the postseason. Uh, We start with the Browns and the Texans. Uh, The Browns should be healthier than they've been the last couple of weeks. I think Cooper will be back. Flacco to Cooper's been lethal. Flacco, a guy who has a lot of postseason experience, has won a Super Bowl, has had a – he had a great run when he won the Super Bowl. He didn't even throw an interception in the playoffs that year. Uh, He gets Stroud, who's a very talented quarterback. He doesn't have all his weapons, Stroud, but this is a very big game for the Texans. They have arrived quickly. Uh, they join the list of first-year coach, first-year quarterback who team up to get to the postseason. That's usually a very good sign of things to come for the franchise. Um, here's the thing. Flacco has played wide open, no question. But he has thrown a lot of interceptions. He's made a ton of big plays. Flacco to Cooper's been all over the field. Flacco to the tight end's been all over the field. But while he's thrown 15 TDs, he's had eight INTs. In the last three games, he's had eight, IN, eight touchdowns and six INTs. And he's thrown eight balls that should have been intercepted, six of them were. Um, three interceptions, two interceptions doesn't work in this game. Stroud has not thrown interceptions all year. He had one three interception game on the whole season. Um, he kept his interceptions to a minimum. They cannot be conservative in this game. Now, Cleveland's not the same defense away from home. Home, they are a terror. On the road, they're not. Uh, This game probably will have a lot more offense than people think. Because, you know, Flacco has thrown in his last four games for 311, 374, 368, and 309, which was all in the first half in the Jet game. He didn't throw anything in the second half. He didn't even try to. He threw for 300 yards in the first half. But he's thrown for 300 yards every week. Stroud throws for a lot of yardage. So the ball's going to go down the field in this game. It's going to be very interesting to watch. And it is a very, very tight game. Very tight game. Uh, Browns have the experience. Uh, They have the better defense. But the Texans are capable of winning this game. I don't think there's any question. And it's going to be a very tight game. Dolphins and Chiefs. This game does not work for the Dolphins on any level. They're banged up. They played very badly against the good teams on their schedule this year. They were 1-5 and five against playoff teams, and the point differential was minus 91 in those games. Two is banged up, and he's not going to like this weather. The forecast is for minus 9 real temperature. 
as low as minus nine real temperature and a wind chill of minus 30 counting the wind. Throw in some snow flurries, which who knows if we're going to get a lot of those or not. The bottom line is it's going to be unbelievably cold. And historically, warm weather teams fail miserably in the postseason when they go into cold weather sites and get a really bad day. I've been to a couple of them. I was in Soldier Field, the great bear team that won it all. I was there when they beat the Giants, but the Giants didn't play that badly that day. And that set them up on the run for the next year where they won the Super Bowl. But the Rams came in, and I'm telling you, if you could have watched, and I was there on the NFL Today set, and I watched the two teams, and you, if you would watch the two teams come onto the field, you would have bet every dollar you ever had on the Bears. The Bears came out. They were in short sleeves. They didn't have coats on. They didn't look cold. The Rams came out, and they looked like they didn't want to be anywhere near the field. They were shivering. They had coats on. They had their hands in their sweaters or in their pants. They were freezing. The, the result, Dickerson fumbled, I think, three times. And the Bears shut out the Rams in a game that Dieter Brock was throwing the ball into the ground. Um, they never even came close to scoring. Now, that was a great defense. But the weather had them beat before the game started. Now you have the Dolphins who were beat up. Who are gonna, and, and, you know, a cold weather, a warm weather team cannot duplicate that. What are they going to do? You don't practice anyway the few days leading up to the game. It's all cerebral. It's walkthroughs, and you know you go. You're not hitting or anything, and you can't. You cannot in any way duplicate the weather they're going to face, and it's going to be brutal. Tua doesn't throw a hard. Tua floats the ball as it is. If he gets it in the wind and the cold, he's never going to get it there. They're an offensive finesse team that beats you with a speed running game. But the bottom line is, it's it could not set up worse for the. Dolphins. I'll be stunned if the Dolphins win this game in those conditions. If the conditions are as bad as we hear, I, I can't see any way the Dolphins win the game. Uh, Sunday, triple header. Steelers and the Bills. They lose Watt. They get Fitzpatrick back. Big addition getting Fitzpatrick back because they need him. They've been getting killed at that spot. But they lose Watt. Not only the heart and soul, but, you know, all those sacks, all that pressure. Mason Rudolph has done a nice job. Hey, the idea of taking Mason Rudolph in a playoff game is scary. Now the Bills have been waiting to get to this spot. They are a team that things have fallen to, you know, come together for them. Does Allen continue to make way too many mistakes? Yes. Turnovers fumbles, bad decisions. You add it all up, he's done it all year. But he also moves the team all the time. Um, this line is big. It's 10, but the only way you could play this game is the Bills. You cannot play the Steelers in this spot. Packers and Cowboys. This game's interesting. It really is. Now, the Cowboys have been great at home. They are vastly better on defense. But 
The Packers have the tools to move the football. They have a young receiving core, the youngest in the sport. They have the youngest receiver tight end room in the league, but they're good. And Reed and Wicks have been really good of late. Love has become a genuine big-time quarterback. Is he going to have a tough time in his first game in the playoffs? Maybe. But he also could turn around and throw three touchdown passes. He has been incredibly productive, and he has been throwing for big numbers and big touchdowns in recent weeks. And let's be honest, he has been, in the second half of the season, a really big-time quarterback. So the Cowboys are under extreme pressure here. When this thing broke for them, when the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, which never should have happened, and it just destroyed any chance the Eagles had of having a run here. But when that happened, because they couldn't hold them off, because right now the Eagles have the worst defense in the league, it set it up for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys now have to win. They can't in any way lose this game. The expectations are, are so high for the Cowboys now that anything short of them playing a good game against San Francisco in the NFC title game will be considered an awful postseason. They're supposed to win this week. They're supposed to win next week at home. Then if they lose to the Niners in a good game, you know what? People will say, okay, we made a big run. We got to the championship game. We lost. We got to the final four. We lost. They'll be able to live with it. Anything short of that, and there's going to be screaming for people's heads. Dallas has a huge edge in this game. You would think on defense, yes, they have an edge on defense, no question. But they have a huge edge in the kicking game. Their place kicker is a machine, and him in the playoffs could be a big factor. And they have a big edge over the Green Bay Packers in the kicking game. Big edge. And it's hard, despite the Packers playing fast and loose and letting it all out offensively and having the weapons to move the ball. I can't see the Cowboys losing this game. I could see it being a tight game. I just, I really can't see them losing this game. This would be a disastrous loss if they lost it. Rams and Lions will be the primetime game. Rams have really done an amazing job this year. I mean, there's no other way to say it. The Rams went into this season and they were looking at a year where they could wash out the salary cap, put themselves in a position for next year and win their seven or six games and bounce back next year. Instead, they hit on wild draft picks, turned them into big time players and got better and better and better in the second half of the season and had a huge finish, and now they're in the playoffs with a chance to win against the Lions. You have quarterbacks who've been there, done that. Obviously, these two have a history. Stafford, 24 touchdowns, 11 intercepts, obviously knows his way around the big game. If you have Stafford at quarterback and Williams, who wound up with 1,100 and change and 14 touchdowns or 12 touchdowns uh, rushing at running back and have 
the receivers that they have, having Cup and having Nakua who caught 105 passes and having Higby, who's a good, solid tight end, and having these weapons all on the field, they're a tough group. They're a tough group. The Rams' big vulnerability is the same as the Lions' vulnerability. They are both weak against the pass. You can pass all over the Rams. The Lions have a terrific offensive line, and it's healthy now. They are going to be pumped up at home. They have Ragnar at center healthy now. They've had a huge year out of Sula tackle, probably the most productive tackle in the league. Um, they can run it. Their offensive line is good. They can pass it. In this game, I think you're gonna. the offenses are going to dictate to the defenses. I don't think either defense will stop this game. The Lions have been a very productive offense this year. Goff's got 30, wound up with 30 touchdown passes and 12 intercepts. Montgomery had 1,000 yards. Gibbs had 940 yards and averaged over five yards a carry. They got big-time receivers. St. Brown had 120 catches. They might be without Laporta, who caught 86 balls and got hurt the last week of the season. They're probably kicking themselves for that. He probably will not play. That's a big loss. But they have weapons. They have weapons. St. Brown, of course, Reynolds, they have weapons. You can throw the ball to Gibbs. They, they have uh, Williams, who's a blur. They have plenty of weapons. The offenses are going to dictate. But the defense that makes the big play, that gets the strip sack, that gets the tipped ball, that makes the big play will turn this game around. This game figures to be, I think, pretty high scoring, and I think a very close game. I think you have a good chance that one team leads by a touchdown and the other team's coming at them in the final minutes. Or three points and they're coming at them in the final minutes. I think it's that kind of game. I don't think the Lions shut out the Ram, shut down the Rams. I don't think the Rams shut down the Lions. I think the quarterbacks and the offenses will decide this game. We know where the defensive guys who have clout are, but there's not enough of them, even with the prowess that we know is out there. It's not enough. These offenses are going to dictate here, I think, in this game. Right, High-scoring game, and I think close game. Could I see the Rams winning it? I could. I put a gun to my head, I'll take the Lions, but I would take them by a field goal, and that's the line. So I, 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 I would pay. I don't like this game. I think it's too close to call. And then Monday night, this is a strange game, really strange game. Hurts is hurt. We don't even know if we, we have, we have no idea what he's going to bring as far as throwing with that hand. We also know he's got multiple injuries, knee, shoulder. Mayfield has been awful the last couple of weeks. I don't know if he'll be better this week. He hurt his ribs. He had that prolific game, 381 and four, and then he hurt his ribs and he hasn't thrown the ball well. Evans could. Mayfield to Evans could kill the Eagles in this game. The Eagles have been not bad in the secondary. They have been 
old world bad. They have been so bad, they I would rank them as the worst defense in the league the last month. The move to Patricia as defensive coordinator, disaster, nightmare, didn't work. They don't have a secondary. They don't have the pass rush they used to have. Their offensive line can still get it together and get a running game going. Bucks, though, are okay against the run. Buck offense, very limited, but if Mayfield can throw the ball down the field, he should be very aggressive to his wide receivers, especially Evans, who could have a huge game here. I find that the the Bucks don't even have a team that belongs in the playoffs. The Eagles have been the last two years one of the elite teams. That ended six weeks ago. They played the easiest schedule in the league the last six weeks and could not win. Guys tore them up. Making big play after big play in the secondary. They had a two-touchdown lead on the Cardinals. They couldn't hold it. They got the lead late against the Cardinals. They couldn't stop them. In a game they had to have. They could not keep Arizona out of the end zone. They are right now a really bad team. I would I, I, I found it hard to pick the Bucs in this game, but if you put a gun to my head, I think the Bucs are going to win. I think the Eagles have now showed us they're that bad. I have waited for weeks for them to turn it around, and they have not turned it around even a little. As a matter of fact, every time you see them, they look worse. If they hadn't locked up the playoffs eight weeks ago, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. They didn't walk in the playoff door. They didn't crawl in the playoff door. They were pushed in the the playoff door with no inertia. Here, you have to go. We're pushing you in. The brotherly shove got them through the door. They couldn't even have any of their own inertia get them into the playoffs. They are terrible right now. You cannot have any faith in them. They're favored, which shows you just how bad the Bucs are. They shouldn't be favored against anybody right now. The Giants manhandled them last week, and that was when they still were playing their players. They took their players out, but they were down 24-3 when they took them out. The Giants were killing them. They right now are a completely dead piece. And I don't anymore believe that they had a magic wand to kind of turn this around. Now, maybe the Bucs are going to go in there and Mayfield can't throw the ball and he's, he's going to turn it over five times and the, and, the, and the Eagles are going to get out of there with a win. Maybe. But you know what? If you're asking me, I can't have any real faith in the Bucs. I don't even think they belong in the playoffs. But you put a gun to my head, I think the Bucs are going to win the game. I think the Eagles are that bad now.
And the Eagles, I don't even think are a playoff team now. I think they're a joke. And I think that they are right now the worst defensive team in the league. And I don't think that's going to change. And if Evans wound up with 150 yards and two touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised. If Mayfield can get him the ball, that'll happen. They've had open receivers everywhere against the Eagles. Everywhere. It has gotten... And the Eagles, listen, they have talent. I mean, let's be honest, we know that. We know a lot of the players are still there. We know how good the offensive line is. It's it's the best offensive line in the sport. We know that. But it's not enough right now. It's not enough. Both their receivers are hurt. Hurts is hurt. They're not throwing the ball with any authority. They can run it. That's their salvation if they can win it. If they can just line up and run it, they, that, that's their salvation. But other than that, they have no chance because if the ball, if they give up equal playing to equal number of plays to the Bucks, the Bucks are going to beat them because they can't stop anybody. That's how bad this has gotten. Buys, of course, for the uh, Ravens and the Niners. And both them deserve the favoritism that they have received here as they sit and wait and see what happens. So it's a terrific weekend of games. And there should be some some really interesting contests. There'll be a couple of games that aren't. I don't think the Steelers can stay with the Bills. I don't give the Dolphins a whole lot of chance in that weather. But I think there's going to be some interesting games, and like always, there'll be some twists and turns. Now, as far as the coaching situations, uh, the first shoe is dropped as Mayo. We knew it was it, it was either going to be Mayo or Vrabel. And the Pats probably decided a month ago that it was Mayo and then tell anybody. We all know how highly they think of Mayo. Mayo gets the job. He's 37 years old. Um, does that mean they change the way they do things? Maybe not as much as you think. I mean, Mayo has spent his life on the Belichick. But he gets the job there. Where is Belichick going is the game everybody's playing. We heard Washington for a long time, and then the last 10 days, all we've been hearing is Atlanta. I thought the perfect spot for him all along was him taking over the charges in terms of having a team where he could win immediately. I thought that was the best team for him. Um, you keep hearing Harbaugh to the charges. You know, the charges and historically, just to keep a note of it, they usually don't like to pay guys and give them a huge amount of a control. It's not their way. But Harbaugh would change that if he gets it. I think it's a good time for Harbaugh to come back in the league. I think that would open the Raiders up for Antonio Pierce. I hope it does. I hope Pierce gets that job and one of the big-name guys doesn't get the job. I don't believe anywhere that Nick Saban is coming into the NFL at this age. I do not think that's happening. I think he'll be doing television next year. I, I think Pete Carroll would love the coach. I don't think he'll get a job. 
Um, I've seen some places that put Belichick in Seattle. I mean, you're going to tell me you're going to get rid of a very popular 72-year-old guy and hire a 71-year-old guy? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. That would be a slap in the face to Pete Carroll if they did that. If you turned around and got rid of Pete and kept Pete as an advisor in the organization and then hired a 71-year-old guy? I can't see that happening. So does Vrabel get a spot or does he sit out? I don't know where he fits. You got a couple of the young offensive coordinator guys who are, those guys get jobs now. That's where everyone loves to go. They start there. You got a couple of guys on defense like Flores should get a job. I, I think, I think, uh, Dallas is going to lose their defensive coordinator to Seattle. I think that's going to happen. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. Um, Flores could get a job. Morris could get a job. Johnson from Detroit's going to get a job. And Slowick, who's only been an offensive coordinator for one year, and has done a good job in, in Houston, could actually get a job. So, I mean, Johnson's going to get more than one job, I, I would think. You know, I don't know if he's going to wind up in Carolina or he's going to wind up somewhere else. I don't know. He's going to be the object of a couple teams' affections. They love those young, you know, the league's full of those guys now. The young offensive guy who, you know, who isn't even near 40. They love those guys. So, you know, that's the, you know, that's that's what you get time and time again now. But you have an odd year this year because you have Carroll out there buzzing around. You got Belichick out there, one of the, you know, one of the two or three greatest coaches in the history of the league. There's no way around it. And he's motivated. He wants to he wants to coach. He wants to break Shula's record. I'm sure he wants to get back to the mountaintop one more time. I mean, they all do. But remember, no coach has left a team, gone to a second team, and won a Super Bowl. The guy who came closest, now you've had guys go to the Super Bowl and lose and then go to a second team and win the Super Bowl, but you've not had anybody win a Super Bowl with a second team. And Barcells obviously went to the Super Bowl with New England and didn't. He should have gone to the Super Bowl with the Jets. And if he did that year, he would have uh, beaten Atlanta, but didn't happen. That game fell apart after a 10-0 lead for the Jets against Denver. Um, the closest guy to winning in two different spots was Holmgren because Seattle got screwed in that game against Pittsburgh. The only time I really remember in a Super Bowl where a team got completely screwed by the official was in Seattle, Pittsburgh game. And that would have been his, you know, his second Super Bowl after winning in Green Bay. But nobody has ever done it. You have guys who have coached multiple teams. Bill coached the Pats, went to the Super Bowl. Rebuilt the Jets, went to the title game, went to the playoffs with the Cowboys, but never won the Super Bowl other than the Giants. You had Jimmy Johnson, 
didn't get close. You have, you go down the line, guys who have won and gone elsewhere have not won. So historically, that has been a zero. Does that mean it won't happen now? It won't happen if you hire Belichick. It won't happen if you hire Pete Carroll. Remember, Andy Reid went to the Super Bowl. He didn't win it. And he lost a lot of NFC title games, which was a knock on him. I used to have to defend Andy Reid. Now he's all world, but I used to have to defend him. Because he wasn't doing well in NFC title games with the Eagles, and he lost the one Super Bowl he went to by three points to the pass. Remember the McNabb situation, the whole thing. But then he went to Kansas City and won two Super Bowls and has been to three. So does that streak finally break? And where does Belichick go? Does he go to Atlanta? Does Carroll get another shot? I think he wants one. I don't think Saban's doing anything. Um, Vrabel, good coach. Good coach. He'd be a good hire for anybody. He's a good, solid coach. I understand it went sour at Tennessee. Sometimes it goes sour in places. Listen, Coughlin, it went sour in Jacksonville after he took them to two straight, two AFC title games and won 14 games and 13 games and 12 games. And they reached for it, had salary cap problems, had some disputes in the front office, and then he gets bounced. And Wayne Weaver said it was the worst thing he ever did. And then he goes to the Giants and wins two Super Bowls. So a guy who's attractive, who maybe didn't get to the mountaintop with that first one, can become a big spot. Now, Belichick's been to the mountaintop over and over and over. He won two as a coordinator. He's won six as a head coach. He's spent his whole life in the Super Bowl. But he is going on 72. And he hasn't had a lot of success the last couple of years. And he's got to now go to a situation where he can't expect to have complete autonomy when it comes to the roster and to drafting players. And let's be honest, he has not done great in the personnel department the last couple of years. As a matter of fact, he's done poorly. His coaching is not an issue. He is a brilliant coach. His picking players left a lot to be desired the last couple of years. But I don't think he expects to be able to do that now. Or maybe he doesn't even want to do that now. Maybe he just wants to coach. Let somebody else pick the players. Or just wants some consultation on that. You know, hey, any coach worth his salt is always going to have input. So the first who has dropped with Mayo, we'll see how quickly the other ones do. And the Pats were ready. He obviously checked all the boxes so they didn't have to interview any other people or anything else. So the bottom line is he's already been hired. And the Pats can move on as they quickly have. And that was very, give them credit, give Belichick and Kraft credit because if there was animosity there, and there had to be some level of animosity there for a breakup when you've had the kind of success that they've had, and they both took the high road. So they deserve credit for that. They handled it seamlessly, and the Pats have already moved on, and Belichick's already moved on. So it's no longer even an issue. 
Now it's just about where he's going, where his future lies. And we'll see how that unfolds as these games unfold. I'm ready for the games. I can't wait. It's three good days of football. Should be very interesting. We'll be on. We'll put reports in each night. We'll do something after the Saturday games, after the Sunday games, after the Monday game. So be looking for those uh, right after the game, you know, looks at exactly what went on in the games and what the playoffs look like now that those teams have advanced. So we will do that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday right after the games. Enjoy your football. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.